Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Saturday, because it was, for the most part, all cats. And I can give you a couple of final scores here, but the big one on the scoreboard, 41-3. to the biggest win for the Cats over TCU in their series history in about 100 years. And man, did K-State come out early. They come out, came out firing, scoring. And then, by the way, the defense holding TCU, who had been a pretty solid defense, or pretty solid offense and defense. I mean, they were in the top half of the Big 12 in most of their statistics. Keeping them off the scoreboard, out of the end zone, and... Man, it was just all around, as Coach said it, three phases of the game, just pure dominance as the Cats got it done. Again, your final score, 41-3. K-State now 5-2 and with a 3-1 record in Big 12 play. And TCU falls to 4-4, four 2-3 and four, two and three in Big 12 play. Welcome to Wildcat Ins- Insider, Mitch Fortner alongside the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. And A.J. Shaw running our board today. The phone number is 537-1350. Got a lot to talk about today, including, of course, the win. We'll preview the next opponent, which is Houston this Saturday at the Bill for an 11 a.m. kickoff. And we'll take a look at the Big 12 as well. And we're going to hear from both quarterbacks after the win Saturday in our next segment. Wyatt, welcome back. That was a heck of a win. I got to say, it was, for the most part, pretty stress-free. That's a good way to say it. It was stress-free because K-State was so rock-solid right out of the gate in really every phase. I don't think any of us saw 41-3 to coming, but boy, how satisfying was it. I mean, you go to Lubbock with your tail kind of between your legs there a little bit and not a lot of confidence, or so it seems. I think maybe it's better to say they were mad at how they performed in Stillwater and got up to go to Tech and played well. This was an even bigger step forward from my perspective. I, I loved what K-State did numbers-wise really all across the board, um, but they were very, very good running it. Uh, but that led to balance. The defense was rock solid. I mean, it just was one of those where it just felt good to beat a team like that, like that, if that makes sense. They yeah. hammered them, period. I mean, it was no question. I mean, it was a 21-3 first quarter. Yeah. I mean, K-State scored on their first, was it four drives of the game and was just unstoppable. I mean, three straight touchdowns and then a field goal. Before we, of course, get to what everybody was talking about afterwards, and even though Coach Kleiman said that the defense stole the show, and I, I absolutely agree with that, the defense was just rock solid, but the quarterback play with Will and Avery going back and forth with alternating possessions – you, you mentioned numbers, and we're going to go over these because 
I, I usually put together like a list of things I want to get to, just some nuggets to throw out there, some really good stats, or maybe if it was a loss, some not-so-good stats. But if you look at the box score and you look at the final numbers, it is just a crazy amount of positives, of course, when you win by 38 points. Do, did you have a favorite stat or a couple of stats from the game that you really liked the most? Yeah, for sure. Um, and you could go a lot of different ways here, honestly. But you touched on one that I liked because K-State was very good all night long offensively. They scored on their first four drives, seven of nine overall, and were six for six in the red zone. They've been really good in the red zone all year long and, and quite good really everywhere on the field in this game. Seven out of nine drives is, is really good, but you get those first four and you're rolling like that, and with that crowd, it was over pretty quickly. So I'll go with that. Uh, I'll give a, um, a little star for second place here um, to 10 of 13 on third down conversions. I, I love that part too. Um, you could say the rush yards. You could say a million things, but I'll, but I'll hang with those. So both teams went for third down 13 times. You mentioned K-State was 10 of 13. TCU was 2 of 13 Mm -hmm. on third down. I go to the defense for my favorite nugget of the game because if I look at the offensive numbers on the box score, they'll list longest play for each player. I tell you what, Imani Bailey, he's another one of those tough tackles he can – he could be that power back for you sometimes, but also just be that speedster right up the gut. And I think on a couple of his carries, they took advantage of K-State being spread out, maybe a little bit thin in the box, and busted out a couple of runs for 30-plus. But if you look at the passing game for TCU, they have a, a retro freshman in Josh Hoover who just passed for over 400 yards. He's held to 187. I think what was really big is you know what would have been talking about three weeks ago about the K-State defense. They're giving up too many big plays. Passing game, having some issues with communication. The largest passing play for TCU was 16 yards. It's the first time this season K-State has held an opposing offense to the biggest passing play under 20 yards. Now, maybe that is a part of what TCU likes to do with their tempo. They'll dink it and dunk it all over the place, and they're hoping to break some tackles. I think that goes hand-in-hand here because K-State did a solid job with their tackling. And it wasn't smooth against Texas Tech. It was much better against TCU. Yeah, I really think that uh, when you look at it, K-State, for the second game in a row, really worked on pressuring the quarterback. Didn't get him to the ground necessarily a ton. I mean, they had two tackles for loss and two sacks in this game. But I would tell you that Josh Hoover probably, when he finally laid his head down on the pillow – he probably saw a lot of Wildcats in his dreams that night, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they were in his face a lot, moved him a lot. Um, and, and it kind of somewhat started early, right? Um, <laughs> I know it's a team sport, and there were, you know, so many things from the team perspective to like. But um, I'm just going to throw this one out there, too. I thought Desmond Purnell played his best game as a Wildcat. He was fabulous. You know, and that's funny you say that because I think we've we've gone there a couple of times at least already. Where Desmond, we, we bring up Desmond Purnell and say, "Oh, he is he totally, you know, upped his game. He <laughs> outperformed his previous week and he yeah. played his best game." Well, as a first year starter, you hope that does happen. Sure, and he makes himself noticeable. If he's in space, he'll go make a play. 
he, he gets in the spot to go maybe go force a turnover like he forced a fumble against UCF and almost had two interceptions against TCU. So I completely agree. I think Desmond Purnell has been my favorite player on defense this year. He's really done such a fine job. And, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the year, you remember, or most might remember, Coach Kleiman raving about Austin Moore. And we knew all about Daniel Green. But he said, people are going to learn that Desmond belongs with those guys. And I think that's played out. Uh, Going back real quick to the tackles, Jacob Parrish, if you're listening, I think you were robbed on a sack. (laughs) I I guess it had to do with the spot. When I I announced it, I was like, it was, you know, Josh Hoover sacked on the play, Jacob Parrish, and I thought it was a one-yard loss. It was definitely a sack if it wasn't a – I thought was a poor spot. Uh, and uh, it ended up being a no gain. So I, I feel bad for Jacob Parrish. He should have a sack. K-State ends up with two sacks, and they were, technically were their only tackles for loss. But K-State also had five tackles that went for no gain. Mm-hmm. So count those as well towards those tackles for loss. Not technically, but you can throw them in as K-State battling like the line of scrimmage. A couple more things here on the on the defense uh, with TCU and comparing the Horn Frogs to their season averages heading into Saturday. So TCU was held to three points. They were averaging 33 a game. Uh, TCU was averaging 488 yards of total offense per game, and they were held to 300. One more thing about the defense. I mean, how good did that feel that TCU didn't score at the end of the game? Loved it. Oh, God. I they were like, trying so hard to do it. We're doing this again, guys. I it think was they, Mizzou and then UCF, yeah. and now... I think they got yeah. a guy hurt late in the last seconds. Yeah, Chase Curtis or yeah. tight end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not... I'm not sure how bad it was, but it didn't look good. Uh, so that was a little bit costly. Costly. I will say this too. You, you heard Coach say team effort, you know, all three phases and all that. 24 Wildcats, 24 had a stat defensively in the game. They played a lot of guys. Tackles were spread out. Yeah, they were. Um, who was the leading tackler in this one? You might have it in front of Parrish you. Parrish had six. Parrish. Desmond had five. Kobe Savage, five. And then four for VJ, Will Lee, and Austin Moore. But uh, to give you an example, Nikendre Steiger hasn't played a lot. He, no. he had a stop. Rex Van Wy playing for the first time, he had a stop. Toby Osinsami, Jordan Wright. Um, <laughs> well, I, w- I won't you got to count it because he's on there. But Chris Tennant made a tackle. That was a pretty good play at the point at, at that moment, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. On, on, the, uh, on the kick return. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, yeah, it was early in the game, first quarter, I believe. You know who, who I was happy for, too, is Matthew Mashmeyer. Mash, good guy, works hard. Got a couple tackles in this game. All right, to the offense. Um, surprise that it was back and forth by drive. Will... Avery, mm-hmm. Will, Avery, Will, Avery, the whole game. Here's your other final score, by the way. Will Howard, 28, Avery Johnson, 13. Um, that was the only true separation between those two because if you just looked at – if you take away the points and watch their production on the field, they were quite even. But you know, Will Howard, I think, needed this kind of game, maybe being challenged a little bit to be better by the true freshman coming on the field and taking a little bit of his playing time. I thought both quarterbacks were phenomenal, but I liked you know Will Howard getting back out there and, and throwing for some touchdowns and some actually coming pretty easily. Well, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think I would say this: Will went through a stretch where he did struggle, 
And I think a lot of it had to do with him trying to do too much as opposed to looking behind his, you know, his shoulder at, at Avery Johnson. I Did that have a little bit to do with it? Maybe. But I think with when you think about it, how bad did we feel after Oklahoma State? K-State wasn't running the ball. They didn't play well. So on and so forth, you weren't getting any separation with the receivers. I mean, there are a lot of things. We're not talking about any of that today. And guess who that helps? Will Howard. Avery Johnson. They were better. They were good. Treshawn Ward. DJ well, Giddens. I mean, well, exactly. Offensive line. We had four guys running Jace really Brown. well. Brown. Yeah. I mean, where do you want to go? That's the point. I mean, sometimes I'm not a real big believer in a loss can help you. But I think in this particular case, maybe there was some refocus or maybe just as simple as being mad. I was going to say a different word and I went with mad. <laughs> right? I mean, I think there were some guys that were fired up with the way, with the way they played. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about within in the coaches and the team. And that, that was a hard, hard few days there. What do you do when you're challenged? Well, you toughen up. And I think they did that at Tech. It gave them some confidence. And you saw Tuesday's presser. Those guys were geeked about being back home after almost a month. They were ready. And it showed right from the get-go. What about Jace Brown? How how necessary was it to have his game where Avery threw – I mean, you could say Avery threw the two best passes of the night – and they were on the money, contested down a sideline to another true freshman in Jace Brown. And I say how how needed was that because you know, K-State is actually a little bit banged up right now when it comes to guys that can go catch the ball. Sure. Well, I don't think this is a stretch to say this. Jace Brown was the best receiver on the field Saturday night, regardless of which team you were rooting for. Does that mean he'll do it moving forward? I certainly hope so because – he certainly well. His let's put it this way: his abilities to catch the ball and run good routes were on display. But the thing that everybody is talking about today, it seems, is that speed element, and then on top of that, the ability to get some separation, which is something K State had been. I don't know if "desperate's the right word," but boy, they were starving for it, right? I mean, he he's it just gives them a different look. There's no doubt about it. And if you, I don't. Don't want to give any secrets later in the show, but but if you if you've looked at the depth chart, have you seen the depth chart yet? I was pulling it up right now just to refresh my memory of yeah. what exactly it looked like here. Yeah, uh, yeah. So at wide receiver now, your starters are Philip Brooks, Jaden Jackson, and Jace Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty significant change from from where this season started. And Keegan Johnson is listed as an or with two spots. At, uh, yeah, R.J. Garcia and Trey Spivey. Uh-huh. And I was a little surprised we didn't see, see Trey um, on but, Saturday, but maybe that's just you know by playing, you know, kind of saving him as another secret weapon for this offense. I, I, I don't, don't know. know that it as much as that as it is that I just think Jace was more ready to play. I, I, I would tell you that I think Spivey is making his way, maybe just not quite as quickly as as – as Jace Brown, but what does that mean? I think that's the, the the idea here. Does that mean he could be in the forefront some this week, next week, 
couple of two or three weeks down the road. I think all of that could be in play depending on how he does. You know, he's Jace. I think <laughs> you you saw how good he played. Um, I don't think that surprised the, the coaches in any way, shape, or form. Honestly, they they are so excited about him and some of the other younger guys in the program. They're excited about Spivey too. It's just that in terms of knowing everything you need to know to be able to see the field is he's still he's coming not a hundred percent there yet it's hard man it's hard when you're young and you're learning so much and it's almost uh you almost feel like the <laughs> the water level is right at your nose and well, you might or might not be able to breathe, right? Well, the, <laughs> it's kind of what it's like. In the last couple of days, <laughs> or last couple of games, I mean, K-State has been so good with running the football. Having to throw it hasn't been necessary, necessarily a priority. Like, you, you absolutely have to have the passing game to go win a football game. I mean, K-State just ran for total 343 yards. K-State, if you go look up the numbers, right now in the nation is the third best rushing offense in the nation and they're the top Power Five program at running the football right now in college football. Yeah, it's been impressive. You know that that's why we said at the start there's so many things to talk about because in that stretch where we were mentioning that they weren't running it as well, affected the pass game, not a lot of separation with the receivers, you know, defensive backs having a few issues and so on and so forth. All of that seems to be better now. That's just getting better, man. That's 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 what you know. This is it, it's a long haul, and we've seen climbing teams get better uh, in in years prior. Uh, I think we're seeing it again. It, it is, are, are they finished or have they played their best? I don't think so yet, but that was a big step forward. When Sonny Dykes saw that K State's Will Howard could run the football extremely well and still have that speed and Avery could deliver a couple of deep balls on a dime to to another true freshman should have just waved the white flag right there you ain't gonna stop that it's too good you're doomed well you, the old cliche is we were talking joking about this off air if you're playing two you don't have one that's not necessarily applicable here necessarily is it I think both of those guys can play. Both of those guys bring a lot to the table. I think the way they handled everything this last week was was pretty darn good. Yeah. All the things that they said in postgame, which you'll feature here in a little bit, was exemplary from my perspective. So, again, I don't think you're going to see Will here, then Avery, then Will, then Avery. I, I don't know that it'll – I'm not saying you won't either, but I, I think – it's going to be more feel, matchups, those kind of things moving forward. I think the plan going into the other night was exactly that. I don't know that that will be the case this week. Don't know yet, but I'm very intrigued to see what they do decide to go <laughs> sure. in what direction with the quarterbacks. We we know they're both going to play. There's absolutely no doubt about that, and I want both guys to play. I was in a minority last week of I still felt they should still start Will Bring in Avery afterward, you know, whatever they felt comfortable. It's going to work out. It certainly did. Just was not expecting back and forth. Both quarterbacks were not available last Tuesday for press conferences. They were both available after the win Saturday. We'll hear from Will and Avery.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, and A.J. Shaw running our board today. The phone number 537-1350 if you want to chime in and talk about K-State football. And, you know, back to the quarterbacks, back to the offense. K-State with 587 yards of total offense, the sixth most all-time in school history. It's now the third time this year that K-State has put up an offensive total yardage number that would put them in the top ten in K-State football history. The other... Two times there in over 500 yards against Southeast Missouri. And in the last home game prior to TCU was the UCF game. Um, and by the way, how about this? Um, so K-State 4-0 at home for the first time since 2016. K-State is averaging 41 points a game at home. They've scored 40 points every single time. It's a little, actually a little bit more than 41 points. But they're averaging 31 points uh, winning games by 31 points uh, at home this year. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, there's really no good. doubt about it. And and you know the we said a while ago that they the players were so excited after such a long wait to be back, and you could really tell it. Um, the crowd too was was fabulous. The, I think it, it being being a while helped. Harley Day helped. Evening feel probably helped. That start helped. It was great. I mean, it yeah. was the, the atmosphere was first rate, brother. It was first all about rate. yeah. It's all about that first half. Four hundred six uh-huh. yards of total offense, <clears throat> the most in a first half, as uh, according to these numbers from uh, KSU, that it's the most in a first half since at least nineteen ninety nine. I mean, you know, I was uh, in ninety nine. I was nine years old uh, in third grade, uh, so it's been a long time. I'm now thirty three years old. Um. Yeah, what a what a fantastic! And the second half, of course, was yeah. You want to score some points, but run that freaking clock out. Oh, sure. Let's and get that's out of exactly town. Exactly what they did. Let's get yeah. out of this place and let's keep this blowout victory. Uh, let's first hear from Will Howard. Will had uh, passing. He was ten of sixteen for one fifty four, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Here's Will Howard after the game with the K State media. Well, was that first half about as good as it gets? Personally, I think that you know we had about 406 yards of offense or whatever we had, but I think that we had left stuff out there. Like honestly, I think that one drive that um, that I was in that we stalled out on, like we just had a couple of plays that kind of went awry. So I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I mean, it was it was really good, and uh, we were able to build on it, obviously. So it, it was great, and the defense. I mean, defense did a really good job. What is it like just trying to I mean go back and forth? It felt like obviously you guys alternated every series. What was what was the kind of the mindset? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's not up to me. So um, you know, I just gotta control what I can control, and and uh, you know, help help support Avery, and, and he helped support me. And that pass to DJ was that one of the easier uh, long touchdown passes you've ever had? Yeah, yes, <laughs> uh, definitely was. They just kind of forgot about him. I think their will linebacker. Uh, lost their eyes and you know they didn't run with him so he's my first read and I threw it to him and DJ made me look good still shows up as like a whatever 60 yard <laughs> pass so hey I'll take it thanks DJ have you ever had a situation like that where you alternated series 
Uh, the last time I did that was JV <laughs> high school football my freshman year. Was there a moment that you were like most proud of Avery or a play? Um, hmm. See, that's good. I, I uh, that's a good question. I think he had one um, one play where where he kind of you know it was kind of a veteran move, and he uh, he checked us out of one play and got us into another one, and and that was that was really cool. That was good to see him be able to do that and kind of get to the next level. Once again, that's uh, quarterback Will Howard after the game. And by the way, Will was uh, fourth in rushing with 62 yards on four carries. Almost got in the end zone a couple of times, but uh, one of those was just short of the at the two-yard line. But what a day for Will Howard and a great bounce back after you know losing some time at Texas Tech to the true freshman. Sure. You know, you always – I seem to say this a lot, but the way Will handles himself is – really quite good in, in, in virtually every setting. Um, you go back to early in his career, he would come into those press conferences, whether he played really well, okay, or not very okay, and he was pretty much the same. He might be disappointed, but he would stand there and take you know all of the criticism and all of the questions and all of the weird looks, and here we are all of these games later pretty loose, still pretty confident. I think you have to appreciate that. Um, and, and, you know, you always – this is just my personal thought, but I think he's one of those guys that there, there's enough toughness in him when things don't go well, you better expect him to bounce back. He's tough enough, he's going to do it. All right, who wants to hear the Avery Johnson post-game audio? You come for Avery, stay for the Will Howard cameo uh, at the end of this. Here's Avery with the media. Maybe. Satisfactory and out there for you going back and forth with Will. Did you know that this was the plan? Did you kind of come in just with an open mind, or can you kind of break down what the week was like for you? Yeah, um, but at the end of the week, he kind of told us that Will was going to go first, and I was going to go sec- the second drive, and then we were just kind of kind of fill it out from there. But it was fun to just being able to get out there and play a little bit more and kind of getting to play a little bit more each week. But, you know, Will dominated tonight, credit to him. Um, I was really excited for him, just see him go out there and, you know, do his thing. But, I mean, whenever you win a, a conference game that big, I mean, at the end of the day, like, really, it doesn't matter how we got it done. We, we got it done, and it's on to next week. We've seen your connection with Jace Brown a few times, but a few deep balls down the sideline today. How has that progressed? He said, we talked to him, he said that uh, you're his best friend. Just kind of talk about that connection. Yeah, that's my, that's my brother. I mean, we came in here at the same time, and um, he's a shy guy at first. Once he kind of got out of his shell, uh, we kind of got to bond, you know, on and off the field. Um, it's really where that chemistry comes in, and it just really comes back to, you know, Jace coming to grab me after practice and say, let's get – you know, a few more routes or me going and get him, whatever it might be. Um, and then that's kind of starting to show on, on Saturdays. And um, credit to him, he's putting on all the work. Dude can really take the top off the defense. Um, and he's confident in himself. And when you go out there and play um, free and with confidence, I mean, it's hard to be stopped. Is it weird to switch off with another quarterback? Is, is it a challenge at all to be out there for a drive, then sit a drive and kind of keep a momentum, if you will? I would say it's different cause, just because I've never done it before. But I wouldn't say... Um, it's weird in any way. Uh, I have conf- 100% confidence in Will, and I'm sure he has 100% confidence in me, and, and CK has confidence in both of us. So um, at the end of the day, I don't really care how it gets done as long as we come out with the win at the when the, when the clock's at zero. Avery, you've been known as a runner since you've been here, but today you threw some longer passes and had some nice connections. What was what was how much of a confidence booster was that for you? I wouldn't really say it's a confidence booster just because. Um, 
I've, I've always had 100% confidence in myself, and I've always known what I was capable of doing. Um, but it definitely did boost my confidence to see, you know, like CK just having confidence in me to let me throw the ball down the field because um, that guy's been with me every step of the way. So um, just seeing seeing him being able to, you know, make those calls for me um, and allow me to kind of go out there and, and do my thing a little bit. But um, like I said, it's it's just reps all week in practice with with those guys and, and those receivers running full speed at practice. It really helps with my timing and just you know the offensive line holding holding some stuff up for me. How much do you and Will talk throughout a game like this? Are you going over to him? Hey, what'd you see on that last series? Are you telling him, hey, watch this or this or that? Or? Yeah, we communicate pretty much after every drive, um, whether that's at the end of the drive. You know, me just congratulating him for you know, going out there and doing his thing or vice versa. But every time, you know, he might see something, he might communicate it to me and I might do the same to him just to make sure we're all on the same page and that the offense um, is flowing smoothly. Because the last thing uh, those guys out, the other 10 players out there want is for it to be different when I get in there and, and different when Will gets in there. So um, that's what we just try to do. We just try to keep it basic so that everybody um, can kind of just go out there and, and do their do their job. What would you say your uh, favorite nickname is? Is it like Sunshine, Goldilocks? What do you think? Yeah, sunshine, probably. <laughs> What's your nickname? Uh, you know, <laughs> that was uh, Will Howard grabbing the uh, Glenn Kinley KSNT microphone and then asking the last question. That was there. a boom mic. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, not a boom mic, but you know what? Just a big microphone or okay. whatever. Yeah. Um, you know something we forgot to mention here. Uh, you, you may have noticed at the game that I typically announce who the starting quarterback is. I didn't do it this week. Just so happened that both quarterbacks were on the field for the very first play. I was like, uh, all right, this may get interesting. Maybe I should just leave this one alone. And uh, because Avery was lined up in the slot, I was like, well, this is incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. This has to be a jet sweep. And it, it, it was. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I believe the nickel for TC was like pointing that out. It's like the ball's going to n- number five. Oh, yeah. It went for four yards. Um, but Avery Johnson, with his first uh, start in his career, happens to be a wide receiver. Go back and find that nugget of the last time a quarterback started a game not at quarterback. Um, Especially one like that. Yeah. Yeah. Both guys starting the game. When's the last time two quarterbacks started uh, started the game? But um, I, And I will say, you know, as positive that game was, you know, that both guys were not perfect. Um, there's stuff to work on, especially with Avery, and you don't mind seeing him make a mistake here or maybe didn't see a wide-open receiver down the field or taking that sack um, You know when he maybe should have scrambled earlier. Like there's, there's plenty to work on. But with that being said, I am still certainly surprised. I know how good they are, but I'm still surprised how well it worked going back and forth. Well, he, he's certainly going to have some of those kind of plays. He's playing at a high enough level that that's just going to be the way it is. But the good so far outweighs the negative plays or or maybe a misread or a misthrow or whatever. I, I kind of almost chuckle you know, to a degree when I'm not sure how the perception of him just being a runner came about. But that is so far from what is reality. And, and maybe everybody is talking about the opponents just don't know yet. Maybe that's it. You just haven't seen the guy spin it if, if, if you haven't. I mean, if you don't think he can throw, then you haven't seen him play. I mean, everybody should be, since it's a home game, 11 a.m., <laughs> another Big 12 matchup, everybody should be super giddy to see how this plays out again with the with the offense like do they go with the same strategy do they mix it up a little bit how do things change like I cannot wait to see how that plays out 
We take our next break, and when we come back, last weekend in the Big 12, hey, maybe Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, welcome back to Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Uh, take a look back at Week 8 in the Big 12. Um, you know, obviously the two real interesting games was you know, how Oklahoma and Texas struggled with two newcomers. Let's start with Oklahoma. Uh, they played the earlier game. They played at 11 a.m. as they hosted UCF. John Rice Plumley starting the game for the for the Knights. Texas comes out looking decent early, uh, going up 7-0 in the first quarter. But then UCF said, listen, we're going to play a game here. It's not going to be an easy win for the Sooners. 17 second quarter points, and then from there on, it was really anybody's ball game until Oklahoma won it in the fourth quarter. Well, we've, we saw UCF when they were here. And I, I think most people will agree with this thought, that when you, when you have guys that handle the ball, even though they didn't see a lot of John Rice Plumley. They saw enough of R.J. Harvey, Xavier Townsend, Johnny Richardson, Javon Baker. I mean, they have players, right? Harvey in the game rushed for 100 yards, 101 as a matter of fact. Javon Baker had five catches for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Against Oklahoma, that's pretty good. Yeah. So they, they do have talent. They were a little more focused. They just totally blew a game at home to Baylor. That it, Things would look a little different for them had they – not choke that one out, but hey, they're still battling. Give them some credit. Yeah, their Big Twelve records mirror each other. Oklahoma four and zero, UCF now zero and four. That game also, I mean, UCF scores a touchdown with less than two minutes to go. They're looking for a two point conversion to tie it up, and I thought it was a bla- a bad play call. It was, you know, they're trying to do too much, trying to go for a t- trick play, and maybe what was it, a halfback pass? They're looking for. I'm like, let's let's just run normal play here. I mean, that's what got you into the end zone, was just bringing somebody through a crossing route, and he was wide open. Yeah, I think they're 0 for 4 now on two-point conversions this year or something like really? that. So that's been a, a problem area for them. But uh, give them credit. I mean, they, they really battled. You can probably say that Oklahoma may really didn't have the same focus they had a couple of weeks ago for the Texas game or whatever. All that's probably so. But when you look at Oklahoma, they scored 31 points. Dylan Gabriel threw for 253 yards and three touchdowns. They rushed for 253 yards. It wasn't like they were terrible. They were pretty good and were in a dogfight. Yeah. Uh, Then we head to Houston. Number eight, Texas visiting the Cougars. Um, and Texas, I believe, was a 24-and-a-half point favor heading into that game. They jump out to a 21 nothing lead. And then, like UCF, they're like, all right, here come the Cougars. We're just going to start throwing it all over your zone defense. And because we got guys open, it's exactly what they did. They actually had to then attack the man defense of Texas. Dana Holgerson just about got it done. In the fourth quarter, when they were driving to try to tie it up, I thought they were screwed over on a bad spot on third and whatever it was, and it lined up to be a fourth and one after the bad spot. So every you know, everybody that has looked at that would say it was mismarked. I mean, it just it, – I don't know that the Big 12 has recognized it. I haven't seen anything on that yet. But I'll be repetitive here because what I'm going to say about Houston is somewhat similar to what I said about UCF. They're pretty good offensively. Those receivers, Matthew Golden, Joseph Manjack, and Samuel Brown, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at Donovan Smith, you say what you want about the guy. 
He's playing better football now than he ever did at Tech, in my opinion. He was 32 out of 46 for 378 yards and three touchdowns. So he's, he's better. He still makes a mistake here and there, but not like, you know, a bunch of times like he did early in his career at Tech. But the most notable thing out of that Texas win oh is boy. that Quinn Ewers is out with uh, an AC joint grade two sprain. Correct. I think, and I just rattled that off the top of my head. I should have been a doctor. Um, <laughs> no, you should not have. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, but it happened in the third quarter, and uh, it was Malik Murphy who was a, a redshirt freshman, took over for the rest of the game. And he went through, I believe, a few times. Maybe Couple. One uh, for two. Yeah, completed yeah. one pass. Um, so depending on how long Quinn Ewers is out, K-State might be facing another backup quarterback. But is it going to be Murphy or could it be Arch Manning? You know, I, I guess maybe that will tell when Texas plays BYU this Saturday. Well, it's probably right. And, and if you listened at all to any of Sark's – stuff today, he said, I think if we call on Malik, he'll be ready to roll. He's excited, knows what he's doing. Well, that's kind of a left-handed way of saying he might be the quarterback, but it could be another guy. That other guy's Arch Manning. Yeah. We'll see. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where else do we go here? We got to stop by Morgantown, West Virginia real quick. I actually did not watch a single play of this game, but uh, Oklahoma State, huge fourth quarter to go win that game in Morgantown. Ollie Gordon has all of a sudden, ever since they stopped doing running back by committee, has just exploded in the running game. And Oklahoma State beat West Virginia on the road 48-34. Remember how beat up and how bad Oklahoma State was offensive line-wise last year? Not now. They've really kind of gotten it together, and Ollie has made them look even better. He had 282-4. and four. Average 9.7 yards per carry. And you're right, 28 points in the fourth. I mean, we talked about K-State's 21-point first quarter. How about that on the road in Morgantown? That's pretty well done. Don't look now. I'll say that again. Don't look now. Oklahoma State's 5-2. and two. Yeah. 3-1 and one in the league. Yep. Have the same record as K-State yeah. right now. Um, that, that they're certainly – and they have the tiebreaker right now. So mm-hmm. – K-State doesn't necessarily control their own destiny right now, uh, even though we're now at the halfway mark of the Big 12 play, Big Twelve schedule with K-State with uh, Houston being right in the middle of the schedule. Uh, to Provo, Baron Morton doesn't play. Jake Strong is the quarterback. He's a third-string guy, throws three more interceptions. BYU wins by two scores against Texas Tech, 27-14. Tough night for Tech. They're just not playing very well, and – in, in fairness, I mean, could this have been a different game with, with Baron Morton playing? Probably so. Um, Taj Brooks got his 100 yards and a touchdown run, but uh, just, just not enough. BYU, they have really struggled from time to time, especially on the road, but at home they've been competitive, and, and they certainly were the better team in this game start to finish. Tech needs to win three of their last four games to become bowl eligible. TCU, at KU, UCF, at Texas. They might not get there. That's going to be a tough one. It's like a hard road. And then the other game, just quickly going to mention the final score. Baylor won at Cincinnati, 32-29. Baylor now 3-4. Cincinnati drops 2-5. They're also still winless in Big 12 play. 
We take our last break of the hour. When we come back, a big recruiting weekend for K-State football. They flipped a commit who was previously going to be going to Nebraska. Those details are next. After all... Real quick, one note about the Chiefs, because uh, Y just brought it up to me during the break, bringing up how fun that game was, especially in the first half, and then Travis Kelsey having himself a huge day. If you're a Chiefs fan and you're annoyed by the uh, by the uh, Taylor Swift coverage, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm like, keep it coming. Because ever since she's been in the house, Kansas City's taking care of business. How many games have they won now straight? Like six? Six. Yeah. Keep showing her. It's not like she's putting the camera on herself or anything. I mean, you know, it's, sure. it's, the, it's the network's making that decision. She's yeah. just there as a spectator. He was pretty, if he's going to play like he did yesterday the rest of the way, keep her in the house. Any house. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, one recruiting note for K-State football. Uh, this was a big recruiting weekend for the Cats. They had a number of recruits in, of course, including guys they're looking to flip. They got one. Uh, we'll see what happens later Later on. We'll have D.Y. coming up. Derek Young from Case in a Line on Wednesday. We'll talk more recruiting. Colin Barta, who's a 6'2", 180-pound uh, senior safety from Seaman High School, just north of Topeka, class of 2024, is a three-star recruit. He is rated as the eighth-best player in the state of Kansas, was originally committed to Nebraska. But the Cats are like, you know, we could either keep you know, getting – transfers from Nebraska? Or how about we just flip them before they become Cornhuskers? <laughs> That's what they did. They flipped Con Barta. He's no longer going to Nebraska. He is now the eighth member of the K-State 2024 recruiting class. So big news. Well, I think it's a fit. I think they will. he will be coached well here. I mean, you look at what these guys, Kleiman, Klanderman, those types of guys have done. I think he's in for a good run. All right, coming up, Hour 2 of Wildcat Insider. We're going to preview the Houston Cougars. What's coming into town this Saturday for homecoming and 11 a.m. kickoff at Bill Snyder Family Stadium? Cats now uh, are in a race right now. All of a sudden, four-way tie for second place in the Big 12 standings, plus Week 9 in the Big 12 is all coming up next. Stick around. It's Hour 1 of Wildcat Insider wrapping up here on News Radio KMA. Our human. It's coming up next.